Is it going to be like this? <laughs> Is it? It's going to be like this today. And you know what that means. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, hi, welcome to Staying In with Emily and Kumail. Me on the ones and ones. <laughs> it's Emily B. Gordon. Of Kumail Nanjiani. Why did they call it ones and twos? Oh, look, I, I want to be clear. <coughs> I do not want to know. Uh, People. Here's why. Because there's one spinny record thing and then there's two two spinny record things i <laughs> want two. i want to make this very clear i don't want emails <laughs> and tweets explaining what ones and twos are oh you're gonna get them buddy i don't want them people love to explain things i to would people. be yeah they do people <laughs> like to explain stuff uh myself included if i know something someone else doesn't know oh. watch out what a great feeling oh here we go um you were making fun of me like I get like certain eyebrows when I'm about to like bullshit. <laughs> uh, lay down some knowledge. Wait, I, it's like yes, you, you, you find the bullshit. You, you find the strain of bullshit you're about to go off on, and then the eyebrows just go into a very adorable direction. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I realized when you said that I was like, oh yeah, I do make up a lot of stuff. You with utter confidence. Yeah. You have inspired me so much this is gonna sound like a neg to lie <laughs> no. no it's already sounding like a neg the, um as a as a woman here we go uh in the entertainment industry um i kind of always thought like oh i'm supposed to have like don't speak until you have the answers like you need to like know your shit right and what i've learned from being in meetings with you is that you actually don't need to know you can start speaking <laughs> and figure out how you're gonna end it or what your point is by the time you get to the end of the sentence. And that is because male privilege. <laughs> that's what everybody else is doing. That is what everybody else is doing. And I think I assumed, oh, I need to be better than that. I need to know what I'm talking about. Nobody knows anything. It turns out nobody knows what they're talking about. I also learned from a wonderful woman I worked with uh, in a writer's room. She was like, men never know how to stop speaking. So what you need to do is when they start kind of doing the thing where they're trailing off a little bit, just just kind of cut them off and start talking and they'll be grateful because they want to stop. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, started off on some hot topics. Definitely get stuck in a sentence where I'm like, okay, need to stop this sentence. Say the word paradigm. Maybe the word paradigm can be used. I can't find a period. I don't know where it is. How do I, how do I stop this? Um, Let's start. How, how are you? Uh, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to start with our, our. How are you feeling? Our two businesses. It's funny. I, I, I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm kind of, um, yeah, I'm doing okay. It's also true, you know, maybe we talked about this last week a little bit where it's also the pressure to even know how you feel about the quarantine. It's like sort of gone away a little bit. At least I felt pressure every week to like take care of myself how do i feel about this all this stuff and now instead of doing something i'm just kind of like being i'm just like kind of am like i don't this feels as awful as it sounds this this feels like the normal life now the new normal the term that you hate i hate it so the weirds have become the permanence for you no god hope not no. like the other day i was thinking i was talking mm. to somebody who i usually see like like when I'm out and I was like, wow, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to see this guy again. And, yeah. and 
I always see him in a context of like a party time situation. That's what I thought about Nicole Byer, who was on our a guest on our podcast. I was like, when am I going to see Nicole again? Like, I love Nicole, but we weren't like super close. You just run friends. into We'd each other her. at events. Yeah, exactly. I don't know yeah. when that's going to happen. But, but the point is, when I thought of it, I was like, it seems like a different reality when that would happen. Like I was the other night, I was like, if I, I was imagining like I'm telling Emily... Me. I.E.U. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, hey, I'm going to go out. I'll be back in a couple of hours. That, oh, I don't know when yeah, that's. Yeah, weird. <laughs> when, what is, it seems so. Where is there to go? <laughs> no, that seems strange. This doesn't seem strange. It's are, been a long humans time. Humans are very adaptable creatures, some, sometimes to a fault. Uh, I'd say, there, I have yes. more to say about that, but I, let's get to our very important question. Uh, what weird thing made you cry this week? Go and, ahead, Emily. Oh, I get, well, you go first. I always go first. Well, um. So this week, you know, I've also felt like pretty fine. I got a little bummed out yesterday because... Down uh, in your balls? I got a little bit down in my balls because here's the arc of... Uh, it's all up and down all over the place. But I started off being really worried for you and me specifically, well, you're right? You're catching people up if you're just joining us on episode eight. Yes. <laughs> and then you sort of... That fear sort of goes away. Or as you said, you become adaptable. So I'm not as scared about us specifically anymore, although that's bad. That's how serial killers get caught, you know? That's true. They get comfortable. <laughs> they get comfortable. <laughs> They're like, I'm fine. Nothing's going to happen. And then the police, i.e. coronavirus, gets you. Okay. Anyway. Uh, and then you worry about the world and you worry for like, the when is the world going to return? When is my life going to return? All this stuff. And then most recently, I've been sad about... The, this is the most selfless sadness I've felt, which is a sadness for the whole country specifically. Yeah. Uh, obviously the whole world too, but specifically this country and how we're sort of... We're not handling stuff great. Yeah. Well, it just, it's just made me very, very sad. Did it make you cry? That did not make me cry. But I'm saying that this week I have not been that emotional, really. Okay. Until this happened yesterday morning where I read... Should we talk about this? Is this too much of a bummer? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say... I was going to get to that. All right. Let's okay. kind of... Yeah. So what made me cry uh, was after I read this, and that suddenly I felt like I was back in a weird place. Uh, but, you know, there's a difference between... When you're feeling sad and you know what it is, and then when you're feeling sad and you don't know what it is, I knew what it was. So I was watching again one of my comfort shows, Top Chef. Oh, yeah, sorry. What did you call it? Pornography. I was watching one of my comfort pornographies, <laughs> and I just, I mean, my heart really is just so open. Up. Just curl up. I'm just so vulnerable when I'm watching porn. Ah, I every mean, you emotion. Definitely are. Well, sure, everybody is. Uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> I just the idea of comfort porn is my favorite. Comfort you know, porn. You're porn when you're feeling adventurous, and then you got your like go-to. Oh, right, <laughs> right. I am not porn. trying to rock the boat today. <laughs> just give me some. I've seen this one about ninety times. Oh, I love it. Right. I know exactly everybody's facial expressions. I don't think people rewatch porn, um, uh, but since the old days, was was it Michael Che who said the thing where he was like. No, it was Pete Davidson. It was somebody on SNL. I'm pretty sure it was Pete Davidson who said, I'm starting to recognize porn stars from the back of their heads. Yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> that's so funny. That's very funny. Anyway, um, you were talking about cooking. Top Chef. I was watching Top Chef Pastry. Been in a real pastry mood recently. Yeah, baby. Um, and I was watching one about uh, Milk Bar. Christina Tosi is the, is the chef. And mm -hmm. Milk Bar was this place... 
spo- uh, not spoiler, but disclaimer, David Chang, who was on our podcast, owns or used to own Milk Bar. Anyway, he's like he was like her mentor or whatever. We got to disclose all of our uh, affiliations. <laughs> right, right. And she was talking about, again, it's her inventing a new thing. She invented this thing called cereal milk, which basically she was trying to like figure out how to combine like high-low. Like she was like, oh, I have to make a new dessert. I'll make a panna cotta. But, you know, usually it's like chocolate or vanilla. I want to do a new kind of panna cotta which is like a frozen milk thing. Mm-hmm. You know what it is, like pudding yeast, jelly. I think it's fine. I don't even love it. But she made cereal milk one, and she describes how like she gave it to Chang, and then he like ran in and was like, what is this? What did you do? And that's when I got teary-eyed, even though... Innovation teary-eyed. Innovation teary-eyed, because I saw the pride on her face. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's interesting because it's not even something that, appeals to me like i'm not a cereal person i didn't grow up with cereal cereal milk isn't that exciting to yeah, me you like, weren't crying about the cereal milk <laughs> you were crying about the pride and the i was i was crying about the pride but like you <laughs> know anyone teared up about cereal milk i think well i did kind of <laughs> and i'm sure she did yeah i bet people have had it and been like oh my god that's amazing yeah but that doesn't uh yeah that's true it's i've never had food that makes me cry really what you do know about me is that when I'm eating something I really enjoy... You dance. I do a little dance in my seat. Yeah. And it was like last year when I was like, you know when you're eating something you like and you dance? And she's like, you were like, what? No, I don't. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I felt bad. I was like, I don't want you to become self-conscious about it. But it hasn't changed. So that's good. Yeah. It brings me such joy. It brings me such joy to be eating something I look over and you're just eating and dancing and there's no music. No music. Just the, there's just the rhythm of the food in your mouth. Moving me, not yeah. to tears, but to dancing. Yes. Yeah. So that's what uh, that's what made you cry this I week. I would say so. I have been, um, when I'm working out, I rewatch old seasons of Project Runway, which are available on Hulu for the most part, I believe. Um, although you can't get the Christian Siriano season. Let's not talk about that. We'll talk about that later. The Christian Siriano season, Ian? I mean, and I don't mean the ones that he hosts, but I mean the one he was the spoiler the, alert the winner of. Yeah. Um, and so what made me cry is that they always go to Mood, which is a fabric. Oh, here we go. They <laughs> go to what? They go to Mood, which is a fabric store. The contestants every week, you know, every episode, Tim Gunn takes the, the uh, contestants to Mood to like shop for fabrics to make the dress for the week. And uh, there's a, a Boston Terrier that lives in the store. <laughs> <laughs> this is combining all your favorite things. Named Swatch. And because I've been uh. watching uh, the show, like... And I know the many years of the show, you I've actually seen Swatch aging. So Swatch is a young dog like 10 years ago. In that's the, that's kind of adorable. In the 2010 episodes. And then it, they'll show Swatch in the Christian Siriano hosted uh, Project Runway, but you don't really like they don't do like buy Swatch, which is what they always said before. And I've his little face is all white now. He's older. He's old. And then I started thinking. So Mood's not open. Is Swatch okay? Like, does Swatch live in the store? Does Swatch get taken home at night? Like, Swatch is okay. Who's thinking of Swatch? Does Swatch have an Instagram? I've never they checked on that. Trick. They did. I'm sure Swatch does. I'm sure, like, Mood now sells shirts that say, thank you, Mood, which is what Tim Gunn always says is, thank you, Mood. And right. Sh- yeah. So they know what they're doing. Good good on them. But, um, yeah, just watching Swatch aging. Uh, while just I'm, crying. Just crying. Yeah. The other day, this happened yesterday, I was laying on the couch. It was like a weird, it was like 6 p.m. or something, and I just couldn't stay awake, and I was laying on your lap with my eyes closed, and you were doing this something. This makes it sound so adorable. We are pretty adorable sometimes. And I heard you say, 
<laughs> you were just looking out the window. <laughs> I heard you say this. You were you were talking to yourself, and oh I heard God. you say, "Birds, man, birds are fucking great." <laughs> <laughs> you, you, to you, I was asleep. <laughs> I know you wouldn't because you thought you were just thinking it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It was good. Um, It was just like, birds. Man, birds are fucking great. I'm just like narrating a nature documentary. And it was so hard. Yeah, just like the most basic, basic nature documentary. I remember being like, just pretend to be asleep. You can't, you cannot wake up right now. But of course, at that point, the nap is ruined. I can't go to sleep that is after mortifying. that. Uh, I think it's not horrifying. I remember mortifying. What I was looking at was in the front yard. We have morning doves. Oh, you had a big breakthrough with the morning. Yeah. Uh, to, to tell the people. <laughs> generally travel in pairs that's their whole thing they're always like morning boys travel in pairs i've learned this from you you have and so yesterday we uh, i'm gonna be your hype man for this story (laughs) do you want the air horn no uh i saw the two morning doves and i was two morning doves okay (laughs) uh i saw the two of them and i was like oh there they are they were there (laughs) and then i saw behind them a third one just sitting on the grass by himself breakthrough no fourth morning dove. Because you had, from my perspective, you were like, there would always be two morning doves. And you're like, they always travel in pairs. They always travel in pairs. And then they were like, you were like, only one is showing up. Only one. What happened to its friend? And the other day we were sitting in our backyard and one of them was on the, like the A power line. Yeah. Power line. And you were like, where's his friend? You were like, do you think he knows his friend is missing? I was like. Yeah, I'm sure he's aware. Like, you are oh, really giving up a lot of my embarrassing. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure. He's like, where's Dennis? Dennis hasn't been around in a while. But then the breakthrough was there's two different sets. So when you see two together, that is a pair. And then there is a and solo. And then otherwise, that's when they carry me. <laughs> yes. When there was just one, that's when, when it was carrying you. bird tracks. Yes. The, the birds are carrying me on the beach. That's when the bird was carrying uh, you. But I think, and then I, what I was exclaiming about, I believe, is that one of the ones from the pair went over to the single one and was like, hey, man, what's up? You doing Oh, no, okay? really? I didn't. I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah, that's they were, what I think. So that's the I'm moment you were like, a full soap opera. man, birds are fucking great. <laughs> I can't see my friends. I don't have a lot of gossip. What I, so I'm just gossiping about birds. What I, I like is that it started with birds. <laughs> like you're like declaring. That's like the, that's, the what's it called? The thesis statement. Yeah, the, that's, the, right, the, that's right. You're declaring the intent. It's that's correct. the topic of this next sentence. Yeah. But that's the topic sentence. That's the topic sentence. Birds. Birds. Man. Period. Pure, and that's on period, sis. <laughs> Man, birds are fucking great. <laughs> they are. I just like that they were being nice to the third alone bird. Yeah. Because he was sitting far away. He was kind of like down on his balls. Down on his balls is what a woman who was in a grad program with a guy I used to date. That's what she used to say when she was like unhappy. She's like, oh, I'm just down on my balls. And yeah. I just thought it was the funniest expression. So uh, I have stolen it. Yeah, it is good. Uh, that's another expression that you've been, you, you just taught me recently. That's what I'm screaming. That's what I'm screaming. So if I'm like... Hey, this cake is really good. That's what I'm screaming. So when you said, and I can hear my southern accent when I'm doing it. It's so give us the backstory of this. You said it the other day, and I was like, "Whoa, that's the most genius thing I've ever heard." I 
It's just a thing. And I actually tweeted about it because I was curious if it was regional or not. But in middle school and maybe early high school, everybody was saying, that's what I'm screaming. Because to me, it felt like an old white Southern lady thing to say. It, I think it's uh, all stripes. All but stripes you were like Southern. kids saying it. Yeah, we were kids. But I think we got it from our parents for the most part. Oh, it's a good one. It's hard. It's weird when you hear a kid say a very grown-up expression. Do you know yes, what I mean? Yes, totally. <laughs> like, oh, man, I'm never going to get all these taxes done. I don't know. I can't think of one right now. Anyway. So the most grown-up thing you could think of to say was, <laughs> man, I don't think I'm going to get all these taxes done. <laughs> Oh, God. I was like... Man, I, I don't think I'm going to... You're like a kid writing like a sketch grown about a grown-up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, I was trying your technique of just start talking and something great will come. It It'll, did not you'll work You'll get out. better at it. Yeah, well, we'll see. Man, I don't think I'm going to get all these taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so I tweeted to ask, did people know that's what I'm screaming? A couple people from North Carolina were like, yes, absolutely. A couple people from Ohio were like, yeah, we said it too. Oh. So I, it feels like a Southern, kind of maybe Midwestern... That part of the Midwest feels like the South anyway, in a lot of ways. Like, really, you guys Ohio? with Confederate yeah. flags? Really? Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I've I decided I want to bring it back because that's what I'm I screaming. I think it's great. It's pretty great. That's what I'm screaming. And it's also a little, it's a side hustle away from I was screaming, which is what everybody says now. That's the new one. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I'm screaming is good. That's what I'm screaming. Yeah. Because what I like about <laughs> it. hear how Southern I sound. Yeah. I say, say it. That's what I'm screaming. Now I have two. What I like about it is you're obviously, you're saying it in a very offhanded, tossed off way about being very passionate about something. That's right. That's what's the, that's the fun dichotomy that's right. of that sentence. That's the push and pull. Because you can't say that's what I'm screaming while you're screaming. It has to be done like, that's what I'm screaming. Yeah, you can't scream, that's what I'm you screaming. You have to underplay it. Yeah. You got to understate it. Yeah. That's, that's my screaming. advice on how to uh, say that's what I'm screaming. Birds. Birds. Man, birds are fucking great. <laughs> What's funny is that I am sure that's not even the first time you've said that sentence to yourself. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that's true. I'm sure I've said it to other. I frequently will comment on birds to like pals. That uh, are not there. Oh, no, no, no. They're there. Like, that's the thing oh, I've been having like, like uh, when I have like Zoom sessions or like FaceTime with friends and they're like, well, what have you been up to? And I'm like, I saw some birds. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. It's hard. That's the hard thing. It's like we still want to do the thing where we're like updated and I find myself wanting to like have funny stories to tell people, but we kind of like life. I, I stepped on human shit. That's a story. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it wasn't human. I think it was honey. You said that was full human. shit. We were walking and then you were like, Oh, watch out for that. And I looked down and there was a huge piece of poop on the ground. And, <laughs> and you said, do you remember what you said? You said, because you were like very upset about it. Obviously, you were trying to rub it off, it all awful. that. It's so awful when you get poop on your shoes. But you said you you knew it was bad because you were, you were like, why am I slipping on a soft loaf of bread? <laughs> That's the best description I've heard of, of, of stepping in a fresh turd oh God. in my life. It was so That's nasty. the best. Why am I slipping on a soft loaf of that is what I thought. And then I look back and I, it was a night walk. I should specify. We were it on was, a night walk. We've been walking at night these it's days. It's less people and still very safe. 
uh, wearing mask, all that good stuff, but was wearing a ballet slippers. My God. Yeah, it's very warm here in LA right now. It's like and super hot. As was the poop. Uh, it was fresh. It, I stepped on it. And the way that it was shaped, I've had this discussion because this is what I've been talking about to my friends. You're saying that the circumference of the poop the was, way that it was, laid out. was human butthole shaped as opposed to <laughs> dog butthole shaped or size. Camille, I'm not trying to get nasty. However, it wasn't coiled. Do you know what I mean? Okay, 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 okay. This is what I'm saying. Suddenly, that's true. Yeah, it wasn't coiled. It was one long. It was like it was like a Milky Way. It was a baguette. <laughs> yes, it was a Milky Way. Oh, oh my god! god. Uh, How did we get here? Uh, but I hate talking about this stuff. Like, Mike, I have a very quick gag reflex, but <laughs> so, so it's like I'm always on the edge when we're talking about this. Like, I was playing gears with the with the gang the other day, and they started talking about something, and I was like, I literally had to be like, guys, can we? We just have to stop because it's going to get... Like rid- you're going to throw up? Yeah. Oh, have you ever thrown up from something like that? I've certainly like gone into like the... <gasps> the uh, yeah. That thing. We don't want to do that to All the listeners. time. It's very easy for me to do it. Like I can get myself there very quickly. <laughs> I just have to think of certain things and, and I it just like happens. Baseball. Like baseball. <laughs> yeah. Like when I'm having sex. <laughs> And I start gagging just because I'm thinking of baseball. <laughs> uh, when I was very young, uh, my sister and I were playing with our neighbor. I'll say her name. It's Christy. And uh, my sister was very similar to that. She was like, she would throw up at the drop of a hat. She would always get car sick. One time she got car sick driving, which is hilarious to me. Um, and we were like, I bet we can make you throw up. This is what you do in the country. Uh, I bet we can make you throw up. And all we had to say was dog food and tomatoes over and over again. My sister vomited. <laughs> Christy then vomited. What? Dog I, mean, I started vomiting. <laughs> and my poor parents came outside and were like, what's wrong with We're you, girl? about dog food and tomatoes. <laughs> Why dog food and tomatoes? She was grossed out by both items. And the smell of dog food is not great. We the can smell all of cat it. food isn't winning any awards either. <laughs> no, but somehow that was not the thing. Yeah, it was dog food and tomatoes, which is... Probably what we should name the band that we start. Dog food and tomatoes, <laughs> and, and then everybody's throwing up in the audience. Just throwing up. That's what it's it like is. that scene in Stand by Me. It was pretty great. Uh, good childhood memory. So <clears throat> let's talk about what's happening in the world. Here's let's what's talk interesting, about it. and you kind of touched upon it a little bit, is that this thing has now been going on long enough that uh, we are starting to get over it. Uh, and I don't mean that in a positive sense, and I don't mean that in, like, that's what we should be doing. And also parts of the country are opening back up. That's a whole nother <laughs> ball of meatballs. But I'm saying that yeah. we're saying, like, you this quarantine, quarantine. For a lot of people, that's not true anymore. I guess that's true. Um, but, sorry, keep going. The, I, I think that for there was a real novelty to stay in, stay safe. We're having a, this is what life is. We're all together. And we're all heroes. We're all heroes. And I think that's part of it too, is that people felt heroic by doing nothing, which is lovely. And you get to talk about it on social and media. And competing to be like who was being the most careful. Right. You get gold stars. You get all those gold stars. And I think that the novelty of that is starting to wear off. So people are being less careful. And yeah. they're, I have friends, like smart friends, who are like, all right, enough. Time to end the quarantine. That's what's crazy. Enough. What? What What does that mean? I don't know. Uh, I I want it to end. I desperately want it. We both do. I hate this quarantine. (laughs) Emily, I have abs for the first time in my fucking life and for the first summer with abs. Were you going to take your shirt off? Were you really going to take? You never take your shirt off. Would you now? In public? No. See? No, I just mean if we go to somebody's pool or something. You want to show this baby No, I would not. I'd be too embarrassed. Yeah, you've never been like this. But I'm saying, I mean, this... You, you know, wanted to end, is what you're saying. 
Yes, and I will tweet about the importance of social distancing and all that. And people are like, "Yeah, you, 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 you want the stay at home to continue?" I'm like, I really do not. Yeah, I, I fucking. But it, 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 but hate that it. is what I think. It's it's. I think people are like, we did it. We did the thing. So we should be done now. And it's right. like, unfortunately, this is not. The quarantine isn't. I mean, the virus isn't sitting around being like, okay, I guess they all went inside. Oh, they we went. Go. I guess I leave. And I think it's not a killer in your house. I, I can, I can understand that it depends on where you live in the country. If you live in somewhere that is very, very rural and like there's not as many people around, that maybe things are a little bit different. Maybe like for us, a restaurant. Uh, opening at 25% capacity, it was a difficult thing to kind of organize. That might not be true in my hometown even, where people are not crowding restaurants constantly. I can get all that. That makes sense to me. But to th- we can't we can't start getting bored with this idea of like doing the right thing. And I think a little bit that's where some people are. I saw a very funny, I, I don't know, Instagram video, and I, I wish I could credit the person. If I find it, I will, uh, of the guy being like, oh, I'm just you know, we got to do the right thing and, and, and stay inside. And, you know, I, I went on a quarantine hike with like six or seven friends yesterday and we were all like, oh, I wish it would end. And then I went to this quarantine party and we were like, yeah, when will the quarantine end? And yeah. it's like, yeah, you can't like, we can't have it both ways. Like we either need to have to commit to this right. or. And that was the joke that the guy was doing. Here's the, I'm sure that people are getting upset us talking about it right now too, because I have found so many more in the beginning, you know, when I was, tweeting about it a lot, people were like, calm down, it's nothing. And then it was like, okay, this is something. But since then, when I would say, be careful, be careful, it was a lot of people agreeing with me. And now a lot of people are disagreeing with me. They're like, no, we did the thing. Now we go out. That's the thing. Well, we've earned this somehow. Well, the other hard thing is I understand because you're doing something or not doing something and it feels like a lot of work, right? Like Mm. technically not leaving the house is not that much work, but it really is. It's a significant change to your lifestyle. You're doing this thing and so you're putting in the effort and you want to see a result. You want to see a reward. (laughs) The very nature of this thing is that not seeing the result is the result. The yeah. result is that things stay the same. That's the best case scenario here. That we what, don't have skyrocketing cases, yes. Right, Yeah. right, exactly. So it kind of feels like there's no, it's very unsatisfying, you know. There's not like a thing where like we stayed in it, look, we did it, look how good it is. Even now, like it, there's just no like specific thing that happens that makes you feel like you did it and you're successful. And so people are really, really starting to lax. Like we were walking yesterday. So we always do night walks. Yesterday we were like, let's do a, a evening walk. Mm-hmm. We put on our mask. Mm-hmm. We walked around. We saw this restaurant that has a pickup. Now they have a, you have to wear a mask to pick it up. There were like 30 people crowded, crowded around. around the restaurant. They were all wearing masks, but there were 30 people crowded around and we would not have seen that two weeks ago. Yeah, That's new. It, that's, and I think it's, it's both a, I think, a, like people are rebelling because that is in our nature as human beings. And also people are getting tired of their own food. They're getting tired of doing this. And I, right. I, I get that. Like, I have so much empathy for that. I'm fucking tired of it, too. Like, I truly am. Yeah. But uh, I don't think don't just because the novelty of this is worn off. We have to kind of whatever, wherever you are in the country, whatever is the right thing to do for where you are. We have to keep doing it to keep people safe. We have to keep doing it to keep everybody safe. Right. Right. And it's um, it's it's I find I don't know. I would love to be wrong here. I would love to be wrong. I just feel 
I see like the, I, I hope all the people telling me that I'm being over careful and that I'm being like wrong, that the quarantine can end. I would love to be wrong about yeah. this. Um, so I just always think we'll of see. like the people who are like, who are refusing to wear masks for whatever reason that they have personal, like they don't, they think it's, it's their freedoms. It, they think it's impinging on their constitutional rights, which is that's, that was not in the constitution. They didn't even have masks back then. They probably made out of wood the way that George Washington's teeth were, um, or that they don't want to seem weak, all that stuff. I'm, I'm always just like, and I, I've thought this sometimes I've been a very rebellious kid at times, a very rebellious right. human being at times, often just for the fuck of it, because fuck you, that's why. But for me, that's like, what are you getting out of taking this stand? Right. That's what I want people to kind of, I would like there to be some thought, like what, what does this stand mean to you? Right. And it could be very meaningful to you that I will not wear this mask because to me it means that we are losing as a country, whatever it means to you. But is that stand, is that actually what you're communicating by not doing that thing? Yeah. It's actually science. Because, You're, you can't have freedom against science. Uh, well, uh, some people think they can't, but I, I guess my point is the that you can't... I don't know that you're communicating what you think you're communicating. Do you know what I mean? Like you may think, oh, by not wearing this mask, I am showing that I am a free person, that I am not sick, that I'm doing this. But I think when other people see you, they just go, oh, that guy kind of sucks. Yeah, that guy only cares about himself. (laughs) The macho-ness that's associated with not wearing a mask and like the weakness that's associated with wearing a mask is so, it's it's almost like caring for your own well-being and for the well-being of others is like, Weak? I don't, yeah, that's I mean, a that's a and and that might be what you think you're communicating. But when you, we don't we don't know that when we see you, all we see is a person who is not helping our country get out of this. Well, whatever quarantine. they think. That's what commu- I. That's what I see. I see a human being who is like, I don't care if this quarantine goes on longer. That's how I see them. Right. Well, that's what what my fear is that these that people sort of being lax about it and these places all opening up without thoughtfulness or a plan is just eventually going to extend this yeah, quarantine period that we all and P.S. I'm also ta- not talking to be wrong. Uh, about the people who cannot find masks, do not have access to masks. That is a separate issue entirely. If you don't have access to masks or can't find masks, I feel for you. Nobody has given anyone masks. We should have been issued masks. It would have been lovely if we all could have been issued masks. I had to scrounge and find them to send to my country, my country, my family around the country because they didn't have access to them where they were. That's a separate issue. If you don't have access to them, I'm not yelling at you. You know if I'm yelling at you, I'm not trying to yell at you. Don't don't tell me all the reasons why you're not right. wearing masks. I, I just, uh, you may have your own reasons, your own stand. I respect all of that. Not really. I actually don't respect it, if I'm being honest. But but <laughs> wow. just, just know that I don't, what you feel is not. <laughs> we found the limits of your empathy. <laughs> just know that what you think you're communicating by not wearing a mask is not necessarily what the rest of the world is seeing when they see you without a mask. Right. And I think that's true of everything. J- what we think we're doing, like, oh, clearly they're going to understand when I do this, it means this. When I do this, it means I'm angry and everybody should be respectful of that. No, other people don't have the handbook of you. And we don't really want it for the most part. I'm not going to have the handbook for many people in my life. Uh, none of them, in fact. That's very interesting because the in previous weeks, you've been like, well, they're doing this, they're doing this. And now suddenly the shoe's <laughs> on the other foot. No, I'm not saying that. I, I, I No, I'm, I'm, listen, honey, I'm agreeing with you. I feel... I feel a lot of empathy for people's fear, for people's anger, for people's sadness. I feel a lot of empathy for people's terror of like, how am I going to make another rent payment? I, I feel a lot of empathy for that. 
to them, to the people that I have have communicated with me and saying, well, that's why I'm not wearing a mask because I'm freaked out and I want this. That's not showing me that you're freaked out about what's right. happening to the country. To me, that's like I found another way to be to show that I have power, but it isn't actually addressing what you feel powerless about. That's that's the issue that I'm having. I think people think that not wearing masks is showing a show of power, but it's not addressing how you feel powerless. Yes. Let's okay. address how you feel powerless rather than making this weird show of force that you think is going to communicate all these ways that you're feeling. It's not. It's it's, a, not. it's not unfortunately. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of my point. Right. I guess. So I I have empathy and I but I I have also uh frustration for people that think that not wearing a mask is is communicating all this all their political stances and all their like how they feel about the world. It's not. Mm. That's what I'm screaming. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, we let's take, a, take break? a break and we'll come back. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host. Created it. Been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show. But my listeners wanted to write the ad for me. And here are some of the things they said. Not your regular juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. And we're back. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking, like, all of us are kind of getting bored being in our house. That's why people are venturing outside more. That's why people are kind of like, okay, I'm done. It's getting to be summertime. Now what? Let's do the next thing. I'm tired of this pandemic thing. It was cute for a while. It's not cute anymore. Let's find... Weird, weird stuff you can do in your house. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> weird stuff you can do in yeah. your house to like occupy yourself. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's try. Okay. Um, here's one. Find a corner. Have you ever really sat in all the corners in your house? Uh-huh. Have you really explored them all? Think about it. We live in places. Every house has a corner. Every house has at least a couple yeah. of corners. You got, I would think you have to have at least four. Or maybe you got something wedged in, in there. Triangle. If you're in a triangle, yeah, that's... You got three you got corners. Three. Yeah. But but there's no way you can... You got to have more than two. So task number one, fucking put yourself in a corner and just like... L like time out? No, no, no. In a fun corner. Like, and be like, ooh, corner. Corner vibes. What's this about? Uh -huh. Explore that corner. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. Um, here's what I would do when I was little and very bored in the house. I would lay on the floor and look up at the ceiling and pretend that the ceiling was a floor of another house. <gasps> Oh. And then you've got all this fun stuff of like, ooh, a light fixture? How am I going to get around that? Why do they have a light fixture <laughs> on their floor? How am I going to get through a door when the door frame, the doorway actually comes Doesn't up? Doesn't go. You got to step up. over. Got to step over Step it. over. Oh, that'll take up a few minutes, right? Couple minutes, sure. <laughs> uh, oh, here's another one. Get under the table. Hey, is that another ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> this ceiling. This floor. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> what are we camping out inside? <laughs> what a tiny little house you're in. 
get under that table. Really, really experience what it's like to be under a table. I have not been under a table in a long time. That's what I'm saying. When you were cleaning last week or whenever. That, that Could have been two years ago. Could have been when we yesterday. Cleaning, no. Oh, is this? No, we got one more week. Yeah. Okay. Um, when, should yeah. we say that? What were you? T- you were telling a story. One more when- week to clean. No, it's fine. It's just in my head. I was what? just having a conversation with myself. <laughs> You were let in a few sentences into the dialogue. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, get yourself into a closet. Have you ever been able to get inside one of your closets? Go I see used to like do that there. when I was a kid, and I loved the smell of it, like Ooh. being surrounded by those clothes. And what Speci- would you do in there? Especially like, uh, just hang out. I just am having this memory. Like, get inside and like hide in my mom's clothes. And these were like her sort of like nicer clothes. I bet she so they hated you be, doing this. <laughs> so they wouldn't be worn a lot. Yeah. And so they had like that sort of... New car smell. Dusky, musky smell. Yeah. Opposite. Okay, gotcha. Like sitting Old there a long smell. time. Yeah, Old yeah. car smell. Yeah. And what would you do in there? Just, what would you do when you're under the table looking at the new ceiling <laughs> that you've just discovered? Well, you're telling me a memory. I'm doing hypotheticals. Uh, do you? Would you do anything in there? No, I guess I just liked being in there. Oh, that's sweet. See, I have a thing of I want to sleep with the cover over my head. Yeah. You can't do that. But I like small claustrophobic things. It makes me feel comfortable and cozy. Yeah, not so much for me. But if that's your jam, get up in that yeah. closet. The mask has been a real saving grace. <laughs> uh, here's another one. Try setting up a room in your house differently. Just for shits and giggles. Change, move some furniture around. Move some stuff around. Move some stuff around. Be like, oh, I've always wondered what this would look like here. You know what you have? Probably time. You got you got the time. Well, that's interesting because it is, you know, the thing that can happen in this is you just sort of on autopilot and there's no like agency or int- intentionality all day. Moving stuff, deciding where it wants to go. So you're, you you have to be engaged to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Taking, rearranging stuff that's in cabinets. That's a big ass yeah. job. Why don't you try that? Um, try sleeping in a new place. I'm not saying like, oh, you've got all these guests on your beds. couch, or you've wanted to sleep on. I like to sleep in other places, like like set up a little pallet on the floor, sleep on the floor. Hell, maybe you'll be uncomfortable. Maybe it'll be a lot of work uh, to Hell. clean it up. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> what else do you have to do? Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just think there are ways to kind of. Uh, I'm trying to think of ways to keep ourselves occupied inside. Yeah. Like, have you touched the outside surfaces of your, if you have them, the outside surfaces of your place? Don't do it if you're on like a fourth floor. Well, give also, it a try otherwise. isn't that where the virus is? On the outside of the, no. once you open the door, the world is coated in virus. <laughs> That's got to be the assumption. I do a thing where I go outside uh, one of our windows and just talk to you. Uh, inside we have the the window slightly open and I go, hey Camille. And you're yeah, like, Hello. you really do. I love doing and that. And sometimes you have Bagel with you and I'll she's like there. She's like, outside. oh, we're doing this again. Yep. yep. Everybody loves it. Guys, so charming I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you about a thing that Jada Pinkett Smith said. Mm-hmm. Um, love Jada Pinkett Smith. When her mother questioned her on, oh wait, oh, this is, her mother was questioning her about her marriage and the pandemic. She said, I feel like there's a layer that you get to. Life gets busy and you create these stories in your head and then you hold on to these stories and that is your idea of your partner. But that's not who your partner is. Mm. It made a big news story because she said she doesn't really know who Will Smith is, her husband Will Smith, uh, and that she realized during the pandemic she didn't have any idea who this man in front of her was. Yeah. But they kind of spun it like it was horrible. I don't... I She didn't see it that this way. This is a really lovely quote. Yeah. I do think... Uh, I mean, you certainly get to know each other way more. Like, you you, you know, there's like all the uh, coping strategies and whatever you have. Like, I feel like I understand you 
a lot more now in these two months than I did before that. Oh, wow. Same to you. What's Really? Yeah, I would say so. But I think it's interesting that I, I, I'd always said, I, I didn't do a lot of like couples therapy, but when I did, I would always say like, make sure that you're you're in a relationship with the person in front of you and not the person in your head. Well, that happens to us. You know, sometimes we'll have arguments. I've been just like patterns, right? There are certain things that I do. You do something, I react a certain way. Family and dance. Done that for, called. huh? It's called the family dance. We do the family dance. Yeah. And so now what's happening is you or me are reacting to what we think the other person is going to do that they haven't actually started doing. Correct. And so during this quarantine, this is sort of new, I think, where we started saying to each other, like, hey, don't react <laughs> to what you think I'm going to do. Yeah. React to what I'm actually doing. Wait, because I'm, wait for me to do it, and then you can react. Yeah, because I am going to do it. <laughs> wait for me to do it. Give me the satisfaction <laughs> of letting me do the horrible thing that's going to upset you. <laughs> no, I just mean that in this quarantine is the... I feel like, for instance... I am much more aware now of the things that yes. I do. Me too. Right? Yeah. We both are. And so now I'm making more of an effort. Um, and I think you should start to make an effort as well. <laughs> I think we're making more. <laughs> That's what I'm screaming. Uh, more of an effort to not do those things. So then it'll happen. You'll do something. I won't have the reaction that I, because I'm like, all right, don't do that. And then you're upset at me for having that reaction expecting to because yes. you're reacting to something that i haven't done yet correct right yeah that i'm not going to do and i think that uh in general it's just a good idea to make sure that you I, I think we have like these ideas of who our partners are in our head of like this is a guy who does it in a positive or negative light like he yeah. always does this and that's a bad thing generally when they say he always does this or he always like oh he's a guy that like feels this way he's a guy who feels this way without actually uh checking in with the person that you're actually with. And I think it's really important now, especially to make sure that we're not, uh, we're not like acting on these expectations that we have yeah. of the person, positive or negative, but that we are beholding the human being that we're stuck in a house with. Right. Yeah. I feel like sometimes with relationships and also with the stuff you do, you're sort of like flowing down the same irrigation canals. Like there's like paths that you go and you just flow down those paths over and over and over and over and they get deeper and deeper. And then you sort of, it's, it's, it becomes very predictable. And I don't think that's what the bad thing is. It's just that you're not really behaving anymore. You're just sort of reenacting stuff you've, you've been doing for yeah. years and years. So you're not engaging. You're not in engaging. That specific, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm realizing now that there are certain things that happen and that the reaction I have to them is just like the scripted reaction that I've been rehearsing and, and enacting for years and years and years. Because it's comfortable. That's the thing. In Those some ways, I mean, yeah. that's the weird thing, right? Like even getting angry is comfortable, even though in the moment it does not feel like a comfortable thing. But I think anger is a very comfortable emotion. Mm -hmm. uh, Sadness can be a very comfortable emotion. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. Whatever your things are, whatever your patterns are. So it's very easy to get into those patterns. So I think you try and be aware of them and, and sort of re-engage because what happens is you're really not engaged anymore. You're just sort of doing the thing that you've been doing over and over and over and over. Like I was talking last week about how, you know, the, the narrative in this podcast from the beginning has been like, oh, working out has been really good for me. And then last week being like, well, I'd just been working out as a means to an end, not an end in itself. Mm -hmm. And right now, so that was like the irrigation canal that I was flowing down, right? Yes. Like, this is what I do. Good analogy. I feel like this, I do this, and then I now I'm flowing this way. Right now, I'm trying to reset my relationship to working out a little bit the way that it had been over the last couple of months. So 
I didn't work out yesterday. Oh, I it, I wasn't sure because you didn't say it out loud 35 times yesterday. You uh, would just, by the way, you want to make fun of me about birds, they're fucking great or whatever. You just looking at me at, in a silent moment and going, I didn't work out today. <laughs> yeah. That happened like it's 35 not, times been, yesterday. It was difficult. And I know that the number of times you've said it to me is a small fraction of the number of times it's playing on a loop in your head. Well, it's playing absolutely constantly. <laughs> so if I've told you 35 times, that's not... How many seconds are there in a day? A billion? Yeah. And how long does it take you to say I didn't work out today? One, two, five? Five seconds? Yeah, maybe. Oh, wow. Depends how I'm that's saying That's a day. It. That's a day for you. And by the way, and that's what I was saying. Like, So working out is not about working out. It's about shutting the voice up, which is not really the... Like shouldn't well, be the goal. It, it had become that yeah, in exactly. the last couple of months, but but it happened very slowly. Of course, it, yeah. And uh, and so now I'm trying to like not do that. It's also partially because I just was. I put so much pressure on it, and I was pushing myself so hard that I was like in physical pain yeah. quite often. Yes. and so like I didn't work out. I didn't work out yesterday. I might not work out today. But I woke up this morning being like, I'm going to work out today. And when I got up, it's still You're hurt. feeling pain? Oh, it's still I'm hurt. Sorry. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. I just, even though this is feels very uncertain and it, it's, it's kind of tough right now. Like this is the morning and I'm sort of like, I don't know what I'm going to, will I, will I, won't I? Like, I think ultimately it's going to be a good thing when I come out the other side. But right now I'm in this like weird Thing of uncertainty, mm -hmm. which is in a way not a bad thing because in the last couple of weeks, everything's been, uh, last couple of months, everything's been so, you know, hmm. not much has been uncertain because there's not much you can do. You know, you're going right. to wake up and you, it's not like, where's the day going to take me? At best, it's going to take me under a table or into a corner. <laughs> and that's a good day. That's, that's an exploration day. day. Yeah. I was uh, Zooming with, uh, one of my oldest and best friends who I met uh, when we were both interns uh, for in grad school for therapy. We were in different programs. We were interning the same place. And she had as her background, because she's still a practicing therapist, uh, the circle of control. And so it literally was like, and so she's like framed by the circle of control. And then there, are, what's listed outside of it are all the things that you cannot control. And it was like lovely for me to like just be talking to her and be like, yeah, that is outside of my control. That is, I'll see if I can find the image of it. I'll have her send it to me and I'll put it up. Because uh, it was like stuff like how other people respond to the virus, how people do this, like when this will end. Like these are all things outside of your circle of control. I just thought that was a cute background. Mine is... um the the this is fine cartoon with the like dog sitting in the, <laughs> in the fire yeah mine is that background <laughs> this is fine that's a great i don't know where that's from but man it is from. getting used the last few years it really really is um i had another thought oh i had a thought about food as well i don't know about you but i am realizing that all of my i'm just making a lot of like fourth grade lunches <laughs> You really, well, left to your own devices, this has always been true. I'm not great at, yeah, I'll just Like, eat I'll random. come home, I'll be away on a trip or something, and I come home, and you'll be like, well, for most lunches, I had a whole cucumber and some cottage cheese. It's always like baby corn. Baby corn is involved at all points in time. But, yeah, I'll, I'll eat, like, a sandwich, and then I'll have, like, some baby carrots that we... That's right, like a healthy school I'll lunch. make a kale, kale chip situation. Kale chips are great. And I'm realizing that I have a lot of shame around cooking because, not because I can't cook or I can cook, but I just have a lot of, I think partially because I am 
I am Southern and I am from a very Southern family. And a lot of the dishes that my family cooked, which are delicious, are like frightfully unhealthy <laughs> and not uh, like just, and also a little, um, yeah, just frightfully unhealthy is, is the main thing. So I think I struggle. The main things that I have learned how to cook growing up were like, just like, there was a thing I used to make called pinwheels. <clears throat> Let me tell you what's in that. Is this something you invented? Um, no, this is a recipe. <laughs> okay. That was uh, a sheet of biscuits. Oh, was it biscuits or was it pizza? I think it was like pizza dough, but I think you could also use biscuits, which is like even worse. That you push, make all the biscuits into one flat sheet. Right. You flatten it out. Jesus. You then put like a deli meat of some sort, a layer of deli meat. Like turkey or something? Oh, I'm sorry. The first layer is cream cheese. Please excuse me. The first layer. I was like, when you said flattened biscuits, I was like, I'm on board, whatever this is. You lost me on the next layer. Cream cheese, a layer of cream cheese. I don't think cream cheese is good cooked. Girl, it was. Uh, And then a layer of deli meat on top of the cream cheese to stick because you got to have the stickiness. Right, right, right. And then for health, a layer of spinach. And then what you do is... Why is it called pinwheels? I'll show you. you you've you got this flat layer of all these ingredients, and then you start rolling it up. Okay. You roll it like you would a cigar or okay. a joint or what have you. And then you cut it into oh. pinwheel shapes. You cut it slices of it, and then you bake it. And I would eat that and be like, healthy, this is a... Because it's got spinach. <laughs> what the hell <laughs> was I doing? But I... And so I realized that like, a lot of, I haven't expanded my cooking. It's been hard to like find healthy things to cook, partially because the my go-tos, the things that I grew up learning how to cook. Interesting. So it's not like you can like go back and be like, oh, I used to make that. Let me make that comfort right. food. It's uh, all delicious, I by would the way. mock you ceaselessly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely you would. And then I saw a good friend of ours, Alex uh, Jacobs, uh, tweeted something like, I, I have way more respect for Taco Bell for making like so many things out of five ingredients because I'm eating the same two things over and over yeah. again. And I was like, that's exactly what it is. I feel like I'm eating the same stuff over and over again because I am. Right. But also the stuff that I know how to make, I, I, I'm like, I can't go back there. That is a place of darkness That's for me. That's interesting. Delicious darkness. Right. Because I didn't grow up eating stuff that was particularly healthy, but like Pakistani food is very spice-based. So you can make healthy versions yeah. of it. It won't be, it won't taste as good. But yeah. the star is the spices, not like the oil or the, whatever. The lard, yeah. Yeah. The so, cheese balls. Yeah. You know about cheese balls. I was just talking to somebody about cheese balls. Cheese balls are a staple in my home, in my family's it's like a, home. It's like a holiday thing. It's a holiday thing, but it could be around. You you might be asking, what is a cheese ball? It is a cheese ball. It's a ball of cheese that has like usually crushed nuts as like a, a layer outside. And you dip um, crackers into it. I am not on board with it, even um, though I love cheese. Yeah. It, uh, it's an odd, and I remember, I was just thinking about when we were in grad school, we had to, one thing that, one project we had to do was go to a, we had to contract out, they were like trying to teach us how to do consultant work. (laughs) So as therapists, because companies will hire mental health providers to come in and do like mental health, like, uh, presentations for their employees. That's like a part of what being a therapist can be. So we all, we got into groups and then we had to go to different places on campus and be like, Hey, what are your mental health needs for your employees? Let us make a thing to help them. And (laughs) inexplicably, one of the girls in in my group, when we did the presentation, brought a cheese ball and we were doing a thing on like yoga and wellness. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that's a thing that happens, right? Like, I feel like my people and your people are yes. very unaware of unhealthy foods and what a they do bit. to you. So yeah. you've had situations, I don't know if I could say this, where... Are you talking about when my father um, had a heart issue and someone brought uh, Bojangles fried chicken to our house? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I am so proud of my parents that they've made, like, a huge life change and they've, like... My mom's changed the way that they cook. What they eat is very, very different just so they can be healthier. And it's hard to and do. And my parents have done that as well. They they do. They still indulge right. on occasion, but they but are much healthier. I feel like culturally, like, you know, I made this cauliflower rice biryani, right? And I put it online. Which is a traditional chicken and rice dish. Uh, well, it could be goat. It could yeah. be anything. Yes. But I made it with chicken and I made it with chicken breast. And I knew people would be upset. But people got so upset at me. It's like, <laughs> I'm not forcing you to do it. Also, it tastes delicious. It's Obviously, great. not as good as normal biryani, yeah. but that's unhealthy. You know, I'm already older than my grandmother ever got to be. Like my dad's mom died at the age of 40 of a heart attack. My family has a horrible history of this right. stuff. We all do. So if I'm doing something to like, whatever, this is all. Yeah. But yeah. I think overall, I think... For me, it's been a little bit changing my relationship to food and and what food as a comfort means. Because I think even as a right. kid, it would be like, oh, we did something good as a class. Let's have a pizza party. And trying to figure out for myself that like food is just a lovely, nourishing thing. It's okay to indulge. None of that's bad. But like treating it as a comfort or a reward is something yeah. I've, I've been trying oh, for years. Oh, yeah. If you do well, you get, you get a pizza party. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've had a tough relationship with food. And, the, and I, I, I'm not, you know, a lot of people have more, mm. uh, have a more tenuous relationship with food. But I remember very specifically when I was like 13 and KFC had just opened in Pakistan. I remember going and eating this fried chicken and being like, this is the most delicious thing I've ever mm -hmm. had. And then I remember coming home and feeling awful about myself i was 13 or 14 i was like a little kid i was like a skinny little kid i remember feeling i remember how awful i felt about it and physically or emotionally emotionally interesting just like you i, I did not have that piece of shit time. you oh. ate all this it's so unhealthy and i'm realizing that's sort of a pattern that i'm trying to break off uh break the out shame of. part yeah which not is, the unhealthy eating part you'll still but no the shame but, part. but generally food is um it's just something that got plugged into the equation that already the has shame equation. the shame equation, which yeah. is do something that, you know, you'll regret later, regret it later, feel a tremendous amount of guilt, beat yourself up. Time passes. Repeat. Ooh, it's like, now, do it again. The same thing happens with me. You know, when I like uh, I used to have a bigger problem with anger than I do now. And it was the same thing. I would like get angry about something. Then I'd feel awful about it feel guilty beat myself up for a long period of time not a violent again. human being i we should specify me no no yeah no. i just want to make sure you're not like oh no 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 like you would you just you get very upset with yourself for getting angry at all yeah yeah i get upset at myself for getting angry no i which have never a, not which is not healthy either by the way no yeah no no, no. <laughs> i'm not saying this is great uh instead of getting angry at others get angry at yourself there we go uh I don't think there's a difference really there. But I honestly, um, 
I've never been in a physical fight in my life. Right, I've right. never been in a point where I've been like, oh, I'm going to like physically hurt this person. It's not how. Do you remember that when that time that one guy one patterns. Sw- uh, was like cutting a Christmas tree in Chicago when we oh. had started dating and he like swung. He literally His had a rusty chainsaw. He had a rusty chainsaw and he like just kind of casually like swung it behind him and it almost hit me yeah. as we were walking. I yeah. thought you were going to fight that guy. I, that was probably the. Yeah. In the last 20 years, the only guy I would have fought. And, and then, he was just completely unaware of it. Completely unaware. And then one time in New York, <laughs> you were holding a parking space for us. Yeah. That was not and a some shining guy, moment. Some guy also wanted that parking space. Yeah. He that was, was rough. He was much bigger than it was me. Supposed to, it's supposed to be, a, if you're standing there, you are holding it. But that guy did not adhere to those rules. Well, because that's how New York is. Exactly. Those aren't real rules. But he was like, move. Chicago, you can reserve a parking space. I, I remember specifically this guy got, and you know, this is. Brooklyn, this is like a part, like this guy is like much tougher than me. Yes. I am not tough. I do not present as tough no. at all. Yes, you do. Sorry. So I'm holding this Sorry. spot because it's so hard to find parking. This guy comes and he's like, move, whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to move. And he like basically physically threatens me. <laughs> and then I move. And I drove by. I was like, where the fuck, Camille? Where's yeah. our spot? And I move. <laughs> and the guy gets out. The guy is like. Yeah, that's right, or something. He got out and said that. And as I was walking away, he, I was like, go fuck yourself. And he, like, <laughs> bared up on me. He was like, what did you say? And I was like, I am so sorry. I was, <laughs> you can't do the under the breath, go I'm fuck so yourself. Sorry. Huh? You can't do the under the breath, go fuck yourself. But for him to hear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was so much bigger than me. <laughs> that guy would have that guy would have beaten me up. And then I drive up and I'm like, where's our yeah. spot? The reason that I've never gotten into a fight is I'm very good at apologizing. <laughs> and I have no issues with apologizing. That's true. I could be a real little shit. <laughs> I just yesterday told a guy, six feet. Yeah. I just yelled at a guy six feet. And in that, I was right. Yeah. And if it came to physical, first of all, I would. I don't want to be in a physical altercation. I always thought since I was a little kid, like, that's not one of my patterns because I've never been physically intimidating. So for me, I was like, oh, I can use my words to ruin you. And that's how you make a comedian. <laughs> that's how you make a comedian, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I can, like, ruin people with my words. I don't need to. And did you, I though? Can't. Did you ruin that guy with not- the parking spot? <laughs> <sighs> he does not remember it. No, I, I, I completely lost that interaction top to bottom. No regrets. Hope he's doing okay. No regrets. I, I have like, you know, a specific memory of him in his white shirt. He's a bald guy, shaved head, bearing up on me. He'll be like, oh no, here it goes. And he was doing that knowing I was going to fold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that guy was not going, he would have, but he wasn't going to beat me up because he was like this little twerp. I don't need to. I could just go scare him off. Yeah. I wonder if he saw those pictures of you without your shirt on. He would still beat me up. <laughs> uh, all this is to say, I'm having trouble figuring out what to cook. And I feel weird about the, what well, I know. Well, we've how to invented cook. some new things. Yeah. Right? We've done a good job mm-hmm. of, I feel like I'm a little. You're more adventurous. Just like. To, the, and cooking, yeah. For right, sure. to try in cooking. Yeah. No, I'm a very pattern based person. <laughs> but with cooking, I will try new things. And we've, we've, put together some new things that we've done together that have now become staples just the idea of like making dinner for a group of people is one of the most horrifying things i can imagine have we talked about this not because i don't love people and want to provide and care for them but because the idea of like i think the entire meal i'd be going oh god 
I didn't make the green beans right, did I? Oh my Have God, we what? talked about those turkey meatballs that you made Listen, for when we I don't were talk going to hang out with my friends for the first time when we first started dating? Have we talked about that? Uh, I don't think it paints you in a great light. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. I'm the bad guy there. I uh, still feel awful about it. There's yeah. two things that feel really awful. I mean, well, oh, we don't boy. need to get into this. <laughs> what? I just feel bad about some of the things, you know? Ooh. Well, I feel bad about... so. <laughs> This is this makes me very upset to talk about. You and I have been dating a few weeks. We really, really liked each other. My friends were having like a potluck. And I was like, come meet my friends. And you like made these turkey meatballs that you spent a lot of time on. And uh, they were like tiny little. They looked awful. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, I don't know what happened to them. I, I, I think I executed the recipe perfectly so it's hard to know i felt i still feel really and so you bad kind of were it. like oh let's not bring them well you were there with your thing in the car i remember specifically and you were like i don't you were like i, I knew they were conscious about yeah. it you were like should i bring them in and i was like <clears throat> maybe maybe don't bring them in and then the smell of them when we got back in the car later Oof. yeah because we'd rough. forgotten about it we had a great time yep. and that's one of the things I feel still feel really bad about. And I, interestingly, I did a podcast a little while ago with uh, our friend DC Pearson. I forget the name of it, unfortunately, but it's a podcast about cooking, literally about cooking. And I kind of talked about how I, I have like shame around cooking. And it existed before that incident, by the way. I knew those were not great meatballs. But did that help, that incident? <laughs> or did it not help? Certainly did not. But I don't know. Did it just reconfirm a narrative that had all, already <laughs> been set in place? Did I just dig that Correct. irrigation yes. canal deeper? I just... Ugh. On down that river. I so feel yeah, awful I I uh, I definitely like have a lot of shame around it, and I don't know if it's because I tend to like embrace my southernness. I don't have like an issue with it. I, no, you love being. I will southern. sometimes describe myself as white trash because I sometimes like that's kind of. You have a lot of North Carolina I pride. It. I absolutely yeah, you love, love it. it. Yeah, and so I I don't think it's that, but I don't know why I have shame around cooking for people. I don't know what it is. Has it always been like that? I guess, yeah. I think the type of cooking that you're from, the Southern cooking, is just so different from, especially like in LA, what people consider to be. But it's been an issue for years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was an issue in Chicago when Chicago does not eat healthy as a city. <laughs> no, Chicago does <laughs> so not. So I don't eat know what it is, food. but it's it's interesting how it's like rearing its head, like cooking food. Like it, it, I, I'm happy when I cook something that we both like because I feel like you, normally you, I don't. No, you do. You no, but really I, I feel do. like I'm just not very like I'm just not adept right. at it. Well, this is a project for us. Then I guess we should we should cook together more and and get you out of this because you're very good. You just need to like experiment and try stuff and just do it. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's yeah. hard to mess mess up cooking, really. And yet, I I have and do. <laughs> well, we all have. Yeah. Um, what would you say is like the nor to me when I think of. North Carolina food, I think of like casserole. Casserole. Or barbecue. Barbecue is huge. We're is big, that what it is? Barbecue is North Carolina all the way. And then like, yeah, it's like fried stuff. It's, uh, yeah. Like fried it's, chicken? It's truly delicious food. It's like the best. Right. But it is, that is the stuff. There's a casserole I know how to make that's like a um, broccoli, rice, and cheese casserole. Okay, we don't need to. We don't need to try that one. On my deathbed, that'll be the thing I will want. Really? Yeah. It, I when I think about it, I'm like, oh. But the idea of making it for myself and then having a whole pan of it is like. Well, that's the hard thing. A much. lot of the food you you make has to be a whole pan. It's and made then, for funerals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
Federal food. Well, you don't give a fuck and you need to make a lot yeah, of something. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. It's such a thing when something bad happens to you and where I'm from that everybody will bring you food. Yeah. It's such a thing. Well, we have like our sadness food. Yes. Halim. It's my favorite. It's so delicious. It's like a really thick wheat lentil beef like situation. Stew. It's a situ it's a situation. It's a stew. It's really good. And our celebration food is biryani, which is what we were talking about. So weddings is is always biryani. And then for sad occasions, it's always halim. That's our... Halim is like one of my favorite uh, Pakistani foods. Right. If you break bad, like if you're going to like super break bad, for me, if I break bad, if I'm like, I don't care, I want to break bad, it is always going to be Indian Pakistani food or dessert, like cake, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. What's your like... You don't care. You could break bad, eat whatever you want. Feels like Thai food. Oh, my family also grew Thai up food? eating Thai food and Indian. My parents would like drive us very long more distances. than these casseroles. Yeah, I would say so. Although that, I mean, that broccoli cheese rice casserole. Yeah, I'm gonna go for that. Uh, I'll take that, and then I'll take some Thai food, uh, and then it's gonna be dessert. Really? My mom used to make a pie that's like um, she <laughs> pudding pie, and it's just a pie crust. Literal chocolate pudding in it and then topped with Cool Whip. By the way, best thing you'll ever have in your life. And it's really? like nothing. There's like nothing in it. I would do, I would eat biryani as much as I could. Or Hali. I mean, there's so much Pakistani food that's amazing. But biryani is my favorite. You know, they called me Kumel Biryani. Yeah, yeah I've seen it in the streets. In the streets. They that's did. your tag. We haven't talked about it on this podcast, but the story, I love biryani so much, right? And I always like potatoes and biryani. Like people knew, like my grandmother would put in extra potatoes. Aloo. Aloo. <laughs> extra potatoes for me in biryani. Um, I and I don't like raisins or like nuts in biryani. Like that's not how Controversial. we... That's not how we do it. Um, but always extra potatoes. And the story was, my parents said, when I was a little kid, we were having like a party. We had people over and they went in and they saw me sitting inside a pot of biryani, eating it around me. Like I was two years old. And uh, that's why you love it so much. That's why that, that, that's that's like one of my that's like my origin story mm-hmm. of Kamel biryani. And then I didn't find out for 15 years. I thought that was true. And then when <laughs> I was like 16 or 17, I brought the story up to my dad and he was like, that didn't happen. How? Think about it. It's like so hot. You would burn yourself. And also, if there's already biryani in there, how are you going to get into the... Because it's full. It just doesn't make sense from a physics perspective. And oh. I was like, oh, my God, you guys lied to me. He's like, yeah, I was just trying to make your mom laugh. I'm like, you have two kids with her. You don't need to flirt anymore. It's in the bag. The deed is done. It's I like, was so upset. It's like it's like Batman's parents weren't killed in front of him. Yeah, they're like, oh, no, no, no. We were just went to get cigarettes. <laughs> We just didn't want you anymore. <laughs> yeah, we just didn't want you. We gave you up. Um, that's a bummer. Yeah. But I'm also glad it's not true because you would have burnt yourself if it's true. I that's highly irresponsible of them to like let a child just crawl yeah. into a thing. Of, like yeah. how long were they gone? No, it's all, it's all it's When you think it through, it really doesn't make any that's sense. That's just things, right? Like when yeah. you're like, since you're a kid, it's just like a story. And then it's not, when you look up through the lens of a grown-up, you're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But because you haven't really examined it, even though your brain is big enough to understand it's a lie, you still don't know it's a lie because you haven't, like, thought about it. Yeah. We had a lot of outdoor cats, indoor-outdoor cats growing up, and the cats would frequently um, just go away. And they'd be like, oh, they went to go live with your cousin. Mm -hmm. And we just believed that for a long time. They went to go live with your cousin on a farm. They go bye-bye. We'd be like, what cousin? I never questioned who the cousin was. Yeah. There was no cousin. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be right back with some letters. Here's an ad. Yes. 
Listen to it. Buy the stuff. Back to the show. Back to the show. Welcome let's, back. Let's do um let's do a couple of letters. <clears throat> sure. From Trevor G. I love your pot. Oh, I love your pot. I'm going to skip over the blah, blah, blah. All that he says, very nice things. Just take our word for it. Um, a friend of mine works in the medical examiner's office in New York City. It's been an insanely trying time for the whole office. They are dealing with, arguably, the darkest side of the situation. Let's not go into the thing. Let's just, can we skip the sure. parts that get really dark? Could you possibly do a shout out to the doctors, nurses, police officers, forensic photographers, and everyone else in medical examiner's offices all across the country? That's absolutely true. That is a uh, much like people who work in factories, uh, medical examiners, and and there are aspects of how our services are brought to us that we don't really like to think of right. too much. Um, but holy shit, are they doing some yeah, very tough this work? Is, it's, it says here, so med- medical examiners are the people who obviously deal with those who have passed. Yes. And he says, the only civilians that talk to about their jobs with the families of the dead who understandably find it hard to muster gratitude for the work they do. Yet they're still going in and doing their work with as much dedication as ever. So that's a good that's a good point. Like yeah. we always we always thank doctors and nurses who are sort of trying to save lives, but But the people who that, are with our loved ones once they pass. Yeah. Those are those are important people too. Those are very that's a very difficult job and one that I would think would feel fairly thankless because the people you're dealing with are obviously like like he said their their uh, priority is not thanking those yeah. in that situation. My cousin is a funeral director and I am astounded. I'm astounded that she I'm astounded at her career choice. Yeah. I think it's truly amazing. And also factory workers, uh grocery store workers important, delivery all those people are important, but the people who are processing the food that we are still buying and still going to work every day um, factory workers deserve all of our love and all of our praise and they don't get shouted out as much because I don't know, is that a less glamorous? I don't, I don't understand why. I find it very hard because we're talking about these people who do very difficult jobs and thanking us while Bagel is waking up and stretching and it's the cutest goddamn thing I've ever and seen. And then going back to sleep. And then going back to sleep. She's like, well, you know, I have to uh, wake up and uh, stretch and then... Uh, that stretch was for the factory workers. We love you, factory workers. Uh, we appreciate you. And medical examiners. Yeah. Um, okay. Next, I wanted to do a quick letter from Gwen B., who wants to talk to me about birds. Okay. Birds have a different way of processing waste than we do. Both we, mainly mammals, and birds have to get rid of nitrogen waste, which we generate during the chemical reactions our body uses to break down slash process nutrients. We, mammals, get rid of that nitrogen by turning it into a molecule called urea, which gets dissolved and excreted in our pee. I like that she's like, urea, excreted, pee. Uh... But birds turn that same nitrogen waste into a molecule called uric acid, which is a white compound. Bird pee slash poop all comes out of the same hole. So it's a mixture of all their excrement and it ends up as that white goop. Also, they cannot control their bowel movements, so they may not actually mean to poop on our cars. Oh, it just goes. When a, it's ready, it what goes. What a delight. What a joy They're not that like, would be. Oh, they can't hold it in. Oh, <laughs> what a joy. If we had that. <laughs> I don't think our society would have gotten to where we are if we literally had to poo and pee the moment that it happened. Yeah. I don't think we would have made we would any have advances. Been, industrial revolution would not we have We would happened. not have had cars. No. Unless you have you, cars. cars with like toilet seats on them. Cute. Like how different would our different would our lives be if humans are just as smart? We are everything we are. But we can't control our bowels. I'll tell you what it is. Diapers. We just wear diapers forever. We would just wear diapers. And like evening gowns would be like, But would we get to the point where we would be able to make enough diapers to like 
We'd have to if we couldn't control. Because in the beginning, the diaper technology would not be good. Well, we have, I mean, there are adults who wear diapers now. No, but I'm saying that's like good diaper technology. Would we have gotten to the point where we would have been able to make good diaper, diaper technology if we never had been able to hold our poo. Like, I always think we of this. We couldn't even gotten out the door. I don't know <laughs> if we've gotten out, would we even have had doors. How would the prototype have worked? Right. <laughs> exactly. Did we evolve the ability to hold in our poo? No, I think monkeys and stuff do it. Sphincters. Sphincters. Yeah, they all have Sphincters them. Sphincters as what? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, like, I always think of, like, Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel. Just being like, shitting. oh, I got to go sh- take a shit. He's just shitting. pooping constantly. It's raining down. He's got, like... A bucket of paint and another bucket that is not paint. When I, the, you, you would think you would just have like a big bathtub under him while he's like upside down painting the Sistine Chapel. This is a very poop heavy episode, and I'm here for it. The um, oh, it's gonna. Get, I see what you have planned here, and I see we're not getting away from it anytime not, soon. We're not. Uh, quick story: When I worked at an office, a mental health company in Chicago, I won't say what it is, for a couple of months randomly a turd would show up on the floor of the woman's bathroom we called them the phantom shitter it became this weird it was like the thing where everybody was started turning on each other like all the women were like what the fuck it wasn't was it are you wearing loose pants that day and just shake it out is it someone who is intentionally shitting on the floor on the floor just bathroom lock now let me ask you this is it a public bathroom that locks it's for just our floor and it's so it's like seven stalls and then like the and they were But it's on the floor like the, like the sink washing area. In the main area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's very risky. That's what I'm saying. When that's what I'm screaming. That's what I'm screaming. Because when you're doing it Somebody could, unless you have it ready, and then we, we discuss this endlessly. It was all that we could talk about for months. These are therapists, by the way. This is like a group of therapists and right. some people who were like admit admin, but like mostly therapists, we could not figure out. And, you know, there have been stories as of my sister sent me one recently about uh, a guy who was going and pooping on like a, um, a high school sports field. And they, they kept finding poop there. And eventually they found this guy and he was just like, yeah, I just, why it just was like a, a compulsion he had to poop. I'm fascinated. It by would this. be great if it was a guy who was like very successful and had a great life. And this was just, and this his, is just like, his thing. This was his little rebellion every yeah. day. I think that's nice. I've got- <laughs> it's nice. You got like, uh, you know, you got a very regimented life it's- and people expect things of you. But one, 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 one moment vice. a day, you get to be yourself. <laughs> but I just think it's how do those evolve? I'm fascinated by all of that because I don't know much about it. Like, you think he tried different things and it was like, yeah. all right, this is the one I like. And was it that he one time pooped a little outside of the toilet and he was, like, was like, that okay. is awesome. But I don't know what happened with the Phantom Shitter because we moved to New York. We never no, figured I'm out. No, I'm sorry. I got a different job. I got a different job in Chicago. And so I left I the company. I hope to God it happened after I it left. It would be great if the person was like, Emily quit. Time to be done with it. And everyone's like, oh my God, it was that. And I, I'm still That girl with- that would dance when she was eating food. <laughs> probably dancing when she was doing that. I am still friends with several people I work with there. And, and no one's ever said, hey, listen, was that you? Like, it wasn't me, P.S. But I, I think it must have continued after I left or else I would have been under a that cloud would be of suspicion. The best <laughs> if they just like stopped. <laughs> I was thinking this when you said this. We said that's what I'm screaming differently. I said, that's what I'm screaming. And you said, that's what I'm screaming. That's what I'm screaming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a very versatile phrase. You yeah. Can, uh, that's what I'm screaming. Yeah. Or that's what I'm screaming. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I got some updates on stuff we talked about last week. Uh, one, 
Charmin. I still don't know how it's pronounced. Charmin? Charmin? Did we say Charmin? I think it's Charmin. I don't know. Charmin. 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 Uh, uh, I was curious about the Charmin. Charmin? Charmin. Charmin bears situation. Um, They started out in 1928. Their original logo was a... 1928? That's the same year that sliced bread came on the market. We didn't know anything back then. We thought cigarettes were good for us. I used to do this bit <laughs> about uh, the cyclone, which is this really old roller coaster. In Coney Island. In, in Coney Island. And it was made in 1927. And I was, the, the bit was just about like, you can find this joke on, it's online. It's one of my favorite it's bits. It's from so long ago. It's yeah. basically like, it's this rickety roller coaster. It was made in 1927. And then actually, this is true. You figured this out. Sliced bread came on the market in 1928. <laughs> And so I was like, you know that thing that's, you know, when people are like, it's the oldest thing since, it's the best thing since sliced bread, which is like the standard for like something that happened a really long time ago. This the, was made the year before This that. was made the year before The that. year that before the standard for, I, I do yeah, a great Camille Cadence. For a really long time ago. Um, but it was 1928, same year. This, yeah, it started in 1928. The logo mascot was a female silhouette for toilet paper. And then in 1953, they added a baby. I don't understand. And then what is this? 19- only women are were wiping their butts <laughs> so, back then? Well, you don't want to see a dude. You don't want to think about a dude wiping his ass. I don't want to think about a woman wiping <laughs> her ass. And then by 1956, it just the baby replaced the baby and woman. Because you're like, all we want to think about are baby butts. Even though babies are wearing diapers. Um, you still have to wipe. The, yeah, that's true. The diapers don't the do the wiping. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how diapers work. Uh, at one point, they had their... In the commercials, there was a character named Mr. Whipple <laughs> that would be their like guy. What was Mr. Whipple? I don't know much about Mr. Whipple. See I'm if you can find a photo while I, I talk about this. And then um, the Charmin Bear replaced Mr. Whipple in 2000. That was oh, Charmin Bear is that new? The Charmin Bear was created by D- Darcy Macis Benton and Bowles in Britain and introduced to the United States in 2000. And then in 2001... Oh, are you ready for Mr. Whipple? Okay, give me about. This give me is Mr. not Whipple. what you expect. Give me Mr. Whipple. Oh no! Oh, that's a guy who says "Don't squeeze the Charmin." That's a guy. He Mr. Looks Whipple's like, a guy. He looks like Orville Redenbacher's like barber cousin. Do you know what I mean? Does that make yes. sense? He's like, a, look him up. Uh, everybody, stop what you're doing. Google Mr. Whipple, and he's holding the wow. toilet paper. That's how you know who he is. So he was uh, the the guy for a very long it was time. The same actor named Dick Wilson. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so. Charmin Bear 2000. And then in 2001, similar to how they'd done before, they brought on three bear cubs to go to the family. And then in 2007, a blue bear was introduced for the soft brand of toilet paper. And a red bear was introduced for the strong brand. This is some, again, some masculinity bullshit. Like, men. But the blue don't... and the soft. Yeah, but obviously the red bear for the strong, like, yeah. it's for men. Like, you, you need, you got a strong. You gotta, you yes. gotta wipe strong back there. You're a man. You gotta have it soft. But You're not a woman. In their defense, make it strong. Make a man. In their defense, neither of them were like specifically female bears. They were kind of non-gendered bears. This new animated advertising campaign was called the Call of Nature, okay. which kind of makes sense. And then in 2010, the company changed the logo to add flecks of toilet paper to the bears in the logo. What does that mean? So this is- on their butts. Their butts have... I did not notice that. I didn't either. The they have toilet bears, bears on them? Toilet bears? They have toilet paper on the bears? <laughs> it's a collective Listen, family of parents and children. Charmin, these guys are toilet bears. <laughs> these guys are totally toilet bears. <laughs> and then initially, 
There was just one family of brown bears for Charmin with Leonard the bear accompanied by Molly, Bill, Amy, and Dylan. They had named all the bears. All of the bears were named. But then later when they split into the red and blue bears... Um, they have two different families. Yeah, the Charmin Ultra Soft family, which is what I, what's my name in the streets. And then the Charmin Ultra Strong family. And they need to wipe their butts strong. So hard. But they have no names, if you think about it. No we've, more. We've now taken their names away. So that's a little bit of history about the Charmin Bears. Call well, of Nature was the original idea. What I see here next is uh, you have written. Yes, sir. In big, bold letters. Yes, sir. The words bear butt plugs exclamation mark. So excited to find out about this. Um, yeah. So we were talking about do Are bears they... poop when they hibernate? Right. Here's the answer. Bear. There's a bear butt plug. That's also. <laughs> wow. This is a very scatological episode. Uh, it's also known as tappen or rectal plug. It's made out of dense feces. Say it with oh. me now. Hope they're not eating. Um, let's the... let's fly through this because I'm hitting the poop. Are ball. you hitting the poop ball? Okay. Um, in the past, it was thought that bears got themselves ready for hibernation by consuming large amounts of indigestible plants to form the rectal plug that prevented them from eating. This has been proven wrong, but is still mentioned in the media due to a lack of knowledge. Wildlife researchers from Minnesota found that most of the plug is intestinal secretion during cells and that, that form during hibernation, which means that the plug actually forms in the intestine during hibernation. Oh, God. It just stays there so long. <laughs> I... I'm the, I'm done. The, <laughs> I'm done. I <laughs> Okay. So I'll just end on this. It's, Why do they have this butt plug then? If it's not, <laughs> no one is entirely sure. But it could help prevent bugs or ants from entering during hibernation, or it could help prevent defecation during hibernation, or Kumail, maybe both. It's a two-way door. <laughs> The door blocks things both ways. Very good. That is, uh, that's a, it's just good information. Uh, it's just good all information. Right. Well, let's let's uh, talk about some of the stuff we've been watching or consuming and stuff. You're so upset. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? How did this happen? How yeah, did it, it got it so just, it, was not, it just happened randomly because we were organic. talking about bears and birds. And so we were like, let's follow on, up on that. Yeah. And then you just happened to... Poo. It just sort of happened. We it did not plan happened. this. We're sorry, guys. Um, I'll read just real quickly a couple more emails sorry. I've gotten uh, re the pandemic. Um, we're imagining the day we go back to the office <laughs> from Misha Nono. Dress from the waist up. Oh, this is, again, sorry. Sorry. This is, these are subject, uh, subject lines of emails, uh, product emails from companies. Because they are spiraling. Yeah. Um, dress from the waist up. That's another good one. Not canceled. Floral style. <laughs> I think they are, guys. I think they are. And then finally, date night is not canceled, which I see a lot of. I actually like that one. Yeah. We, 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 we do date night. Yeah. It's not canceled. Buy some products. Yeah. Um, okay. Entertainment rec rec recommendations. Recommendations. So we watched a movie. Uh, it came out on HBO. It's got Hugh Jackman. Alice and Janney. And our buddy Ray Romano. Ray Romano. Uh, it's called Bad Education. It's so good, you guys. It's really good because it's really fun. You know, when you think of a movie on paper, it's about corruption in the school system. I could not think of two more boring things. First of all, I find school, I hate school always, super boring. I don't want to revisit school stuff. And then corruption scandal, I think like, I'm thinking of like paperwork and people moving funds around. It just doesn't feel very cinematic. Mm -hmm. so, so on paper, I was not excited about this movie, but I'd heard so, that it was so good that you were like, "Let's, I want to watch it. I was like, okay. We watched it in the morning. So good. 
It's really fun. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. Really Jimmy well Tatro's in it, Jimmy who we Tatro's also great. know, who's also really funny in it. He was in Stuber with you. That's right. Yeah, he was in Stuber. He's just like, it, it's just like a really funny, fun movie uh, that also gets pretty deep. And Hugh Jackman is unbelievable. His performance is it. really, really good. I loved this movie. And it's it's a movie that just came out on HBO. Right. They, they bought it at Sundance. Yeah. Is that the right? Yeah. So, yeah. Here's what I'll say. Allison Jenny is always amazing. She won an Oscar. Like, I, I think she's amazing in this movie. I feel like as an actor, we slip in on Hugh Jackman. I don't think Hugh I'm Jackman. I'm not sleeping on Hugh Jackman. But I feel like he doesn't get, I think he's as good mm -hmm. as any of the great actors that we talk about. And he can do everything. Wolverine as well as be in a musical. He can, he can do sing, everything. He can dance. Got a yeah. great smile. Yeah. We love you, Hugh Jackman. He can do action. He can sing and dance. He could do drama. He could do comedy. He could do he could do everything. Like Hugh Jackman, I think we are sleeping on Hugh Jackman. Yeah, we and are. And he also seems like a great guy. Yeah. And Ray Romano is He's great at this in movie. It. He's so good at this movie. My Alice and Janney story is I got to meet her at a thing because she had Itania out the year that Big Sick was like doing the thing. And I said to her, nice to meet you. You're very tall. And then I thought, wow, I hate it when people say that to me. Why am I saying that to Alice and Janney? But when I see a woman taller than me, which she is, yeah. you don't realize like she is a beautiful statuesque human being. She's taller than me and I'm quite tall. Um, that's all. Embarrassing. She was. We would run into her around so cool. that stuff. We don't really know her that yeah. well. But she was always so cool and so She's nice and so fun. Yeah. Because these mm -hmm. events we would go to were really like stodgy. Very stuff. And like very uncomfortable and boring. But there were like certain people that we found like our people that we were like, oh, these people are fun and also think this is ridiculous. And she was so great. And also tall. Um, I'd like to recommend a couple more workout places. Again, try the workouts at your own discretion. And then if you like them once, try to kick some money over their way. Pony Sweat, uh, at Pony Sweat on Instagram. I've been doing, there's a, a big uptick in these aerobics workouts that are like, uh, like kind of have cool music and like really cool looking people. It's also Everybody Los Angeles, which is a queer kind of run uh, workout space that's very, very body positive. All these places uh, are quite body positive, even in their workouts. So follow them, see what you can do to support them. There's also Hyperbody, um, which is a really, really cool kind of neon 80s themed kind of workout with this complete badass human being who runs it. Um, so I recommend all those. But again, kick the money if you're doing the workouts. What else? Um, should we mention this show we've been watching on Netflix called Midnight Gospel? <sighs> So Midnight Gospel is an animated show by our uh, Duncan Trussell as the main guy. I wouldn't say we're friends with him, but we know him and we, we know him like each other. But yeah. I wouldn't say we're like tight or anything. He used to do our show all the time. Mm -hmm. Always loved Duncan. And I've done his podcast. Yeah. Super funny guy. Interesting human being. Very smart. This show, it's going to sound like it doesn't make... It's going to sound worse than it really is. Basically, they took some of his podcast, animated it, and then built a story around it. That sometimes is completely disconnected and mostly is disconnected from what the conversation is and it's right. its own story. And the animation is, so it's created by Duncan Trussell and Penn Ward, Pendleton mm -hmm. Ward, who created uh, Adventure, Adventure Time. Time. And uh, it's a hard show to describe, but the visuals are absolutely bonkers and amazing. The story is usually very fun. And then the conversations are good. It's this sort of whole world that I don't know much about, which is sort of this Western spirituality mm -hmm. thing. It's not withdrawn from any specific religion. There's a lot of like Buddhism influence. I don't know that much about mm -hmm. it. And generally, I'll be honest, um, that kind of 
there's some like practical conversations that happen in it, like how about to be happy, how to love. Yeah, forgiveness is yeah. a really good one about forgiveness. I find that stuff a lot more compelling than I find the stuff that's a little more abstract about how we're projections of things mm -hmm. and real reality kind of is stuff, fifth yeah. dimension, whatever that stuff is. Like, and there is both. There's, there's both. There's both of that in the show. But right. uh, if you're not into that, the visuals are still kind of amazing. And the stories are just so imaginative. Right. It's beautiful. Well, there's an episode with, um, who's the West Memphis Three guy? Damien Eccles. Damien Eccles. And that to me is the most abstract. The conversation yeah. gets, he's talking about magic and how, you know, uh, the idea for Buddhism is to achieve nirvana. But he says that's only the first step. There's five more steps beyond that. All that stuff, I don't like... I'm not someone who buys that stuff. But you've never been on death row for murdering someone. Sure, that you didn't of course, murder. of course. I thought he was very smart, and yeah. I thought, and I think Duncan is also very smart. It's just that stuff is—I don't think it's for me. It was kind of interesting to listen to, but uh, the show itself is really, really, really worth watching. And these sort of more high-minded philosophical things are in there. Um, and uh, I, I thought it was interesting to listen to. I thought it was an interesting perspective on life, not for me though. The, mm -hmm. the magic stuff—it's trippy. It's a really, it's really great. Like you, you can I enjoy it, it on a couple different levels. I love the show yeah. so much, and I think we'll. I, I would watch it again because sometimes the conversation they're having is pretty heady, and the visuals are so uh, intense that it's hard to focus on both yeah. at the same time. And I think maybe that's what they were aiming for. It's hard to tell. I I'm like, Duncan, make my episode, make my podcast episode into an episode. I want it. I want it. Yeah, but you're not in the, no, we just talked about almost dying. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a heavy, it was kind of a heavy thing. We've also been playing, um, streets of rage Four, video game wise. Right. I have never been a huge fan of these type of games. Uh, as a as a young woman but i gotta say i am loving the shit out i am of this glad you're now. loving this game yeah. i didn't think you would be it's a side scrolly like it beat them up beat them up uh and um it's so fun i don't know why it's so fun but it's just really really fun it's fun so this type of game so streets of rage for people who don't know there was a series called streets of rage on the Genesis, Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3. And in Pakistan, and I think Europe, Japan, it was called Bare Knuckle. That's what it was called in Pakistan. Was Bear. it B-E-A-R or B-A-R-E? Yeah, it was Bare Knuckle and there were bits of toilet paper on them. <laughs> Bare Knuckle. This type of the side-scrolling beat-em-up type of game was my favorite genre of game for like a good five years of my life. The X-Men game was good. The Ninja Turtles game was good. Right. There's but so I, many good versions. Right. So many good versions. I started with Golden Axe and that was my favorite. And I was a big, I had a Sega Genesis. I was like a big Sega kid. And I was like, Super Nintendo sucks. Sega Genesis is where it's at. Back of my mind, I know Super Nintendo is a better console. Oops. It has better games. It can do more. Fighting words. Yeah, I just knew, but I listen. My favorite console of all time is the Sega Genesis. Sega not, can do what Nintendo, honey. Yeah, Genesis does what Nintendo. Um, yeah, <laughs> so close. Um, so we just didn't have like they got Street Fighter Two first. They had this game called Final Fight, which is a side scroller. The graphics were so good. So any like property that we got, we had Sonic, but any property that we got that they didn't have was like cherished. 
and held up on a pedestal. Even if it wasn't as actually as good. But Bare Knuckle gotcha. was. That's what was great about it. The Bare Knuckle game. The graphics, Streets of Rage. Yeah. yeah. Streets of Rage. The, the games were not, the graphics were not, the characters were not as big as Final Fight. But you could play two people at the same time. And they were just like really fun games. So I've loved this series my whole life. Two was my favorite. I thought with three, when it becomes like an old robot guy and a kangaroo, I was like, what's the reality level now? Why, <laughs> why is there? Why are we? I'm okay fighting a kangaroo. But I don't want to be a kangaroo. That's not what this game is. Wasn't there a kangaroo in um, another fight, in a fighting game? Well, kangaroos, had, oh yeah, a Tekken or something. Because he had gloves. Tekken. Yeah, he had gloves. I remember him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'd heard Streets of Rage 4 for a while a while ago, but then it, it just like came across my my one of my websites again. It was like, it comes out like tomorrow. I was like, oh, sh- oh wow. Okay, let's try it. It's really fun because the graphics are like, it looks sort of hand-drawn and cartoony, so they didn't go for... A lot of these games now try and go for that like 8-bit, 16-bit yeah. retro style. I'm a little tired of it. Yeah. I, I don't love it. Uh, there's some great games with that style, but I like that this is like taking advantage of the technology we have. And they've just made like the fighting itself just... It's just come a long way. It's, it's a lot more it's fun. It's much more fun. It feels much less like I'm just... It feels less button mashy. The strategy. And I am a button masher. I am not good right. at strategy with these games. But uh, even I, I kind of tire of like, oh, I'm just doing this. Like, I'm kind of getting shit done, but I don't really feel like I'm beating the shit out of anyone. I feel like I'm beating the shit out of people with this You one, really are. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll do certain moves where I'm like, wait, how did you do that? I have no idea. You have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't, there's no, there's no connection finger brain connection with me streets of rage for yeah super uh, fun. if you're into video games this is a fun and it's a good couch co-op game like you can yes, have that's right. up to three people can play together but don't invite people over and turn off the friendly fire thing because yes. that is that's how you fight that's how you fight yeah. yeah um i'm also trying to get you uh, to watch john waters movies you don't know any john waters we watched movies. 10 minutes of shampoo of hairspray last how night. dare you sorry <laughs> conditioner it's actually conditioner conditioner was the sequel <laughs> um I really wanna. I want to see it. We're watching this. We're weekend. gonna watch that. We're gonna watch Cry Baby. We're gonna watch some of the. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a while before we get to Pink Flamingos because that one's pretty grimy, and I wanna. We'll work our way up to it. But John Waters is a genius, su- such a subversive. His whole life, the most subversive genius, and then we can watch the documentary Divine Trash. Let's take it one at a time. One at a time, friend. Um, is there anything else? Um, I think there's some other stuff we can save it for next week. Oh, okay. Um, anything you want to plug? Uh, I would like to plug again. Lovebirds comes out May 22nd. on Netflix, mm-hmm. May twenty second. I have a lot of uh, interviews and press for it coming up, so, so look, look for out for that. those. I'm going to be doing yeah. You'll be doing late night shows from our house. Yeah, Seth Meyers and Colbert and and that'll be fun. A lot of those things. So can I walk by naked in the background? Is that a thing? Do you want to? No, not at all. If you want to, you can. No thanks. I'm Do good. you want to? <laughs> Emily, do you want to? No, thank you. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and and just give us a good review on on Apple yeah. Podcasts. Uh, I would like to plug um, being cognizant of public safety um, and doing what's best for you, and also doing what's best for all of us, and making sure that you're channeling where you're feeling hopeless into the right places. That's very very good. Thank you. All right. Thanks uh, for listening. Thanks for listening.